Hello, hello, I'm back and this is Control-Alt-Delete, the podcast with me, Emma Gannon. And yeah, today's episode is a very exciting one. I've been wanting to post this for ages because me and the guest actually recorded this one a few months back. So I've just been waiting. It's been on my laptop for ages and I've been burning to post it. So um, today's guest is... Mara Wilson. Um, I think it's probably weird to say I have actually been a fan of Mara Wilson since I was seven years old. Um, But haven't we all? Because she was the star of uh, one of my favourite films and probably one of yours, the 1996 film Matilda, based on the book by Roald Dahl. Such a classic. Um, She is also known for her roles in Mrs Doubtfire and the 1994 remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, such good films. So nowadays she is an author, but more on that in a bit, a playwright and an occasional actress. I caught up with her to talk about her new book, which is out today. If you're listening to this on a random day, it might not be today, um, but it's the 13th of September, which is today when I'm posting this. Um, But her book is, yeah, officially out. Um, It's called Where Am I Now? True Stories of Girlhood and Accidental Fame. So we talk about the new book, growing up in an environment with older actors and what she's up to at the moment. But in general, we're just two girls having a chat over Skype and having a natter. So hope you like this one. And here it is. My publishers at Penguin were the ones who decided to put the picture of me as a child on there. But that's the thing. You'd look at that picture of me and you're like, oh yeah, what did happen to her? I've been so excited about interviewing you for ages so it seems like a really good time now that you've got yeah a lot going on yeah you know I I don't have it's funny my life is very much like hurry up and wait you know there's a lot of a lot of like we have to do this now we have to get this now and then there's like nothing for a few days and I I mean I, I quit my day job so now I'm kind of like well what do I do and I do like voiceover gigs and I try to get things together but like it's it's kind of it's kind of amazing to me how uh, how much it's been like packed and then there's been nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's like having a creative career is like all or nothing sometimes. Yeah, you, it is um, definitely. Do you work from home or do you have somewhere that you go to? I have a couple of places that I go to. A lot of times I work from home, but uh, but lately I've been going to different coffee shops and uh, I used to go to one with a friend of mine, but there was this like elderly man there who would go on these racist rants and and like save things that were like really upsetting and offensive and and my my friend was like we cannot go here anymore <laughs> and she got into an argument with a man and he it was and with the staff because like why were they letting him stay there and afterwards we were like okay guess yeah i guess we can't go there and it was like the perfect place to go to but she got up in his face and he got up in hers and she said she was going to take a picture of him and put it online and he flipped off the camera and meanwhile the whole time I was kind of like uh you know like oh like God. I do think we should speak out against this guy but yeah and also it's like I could make you go viral on Vine yeah. in like two minutes so <laughs> yeah totally that's that's something that uh, that's something that I think about uh, sometimes and you know you have to be careful with that power yes definitely well this podcast sort of the theme is around like social media and the internet etc mm-hmm. and you're literally one of my favorite internet people oh thank um, you <laughs> and you are a favorite of a lot of my friends as well so I actually haven't told anyone I'm interviewing you but people are gonna go nuts thank um, you but it's funny, I was going to admit that actually 
I first discovered you and I read your frequently asked questions um, <laughs> thing. So I was like, oh, God, I don't know what to ask her because, you know, it's so obvious that you got, you get asked really stupid things. There, hold on a second. I've got to I've got to get the cat away from eating uh, eating some earbuds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. Come cuddle, Milo. Um, yeah, there's they. I mean, I guess there are no stupid questions. You know, people honestly don't know. It's I, I don't mind people asking questions. Really, what I do mind is when people are are rude. Yeah. You know, when they or when they're just mean. You know, when they they just say things like. You know, oh, I would they just like tell me like I don't like your movies, I don't like you, I don't, you know, I, I think you're ugly, I think you're pretentious, you know. I'm like, okay, you know, there's that there's that saying, there's that very like I think it's like a very Southern American saying that like what other people think of me is none of my business. Mm. You know, like I don't I don't need to know. Or even better, a lot of times I get the like, my friend hates you, but I don't. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you're you're still you know poisoned honey is still poisoned. You yeah. know. No, I thought it was a really clever thing to do because I think even the things you know when you say like look don't at me in to yeah. your weird tweets because it, it's a funny one when like for example when when someone has a book coming out mm-hmm. one of my friends has just had a book coming out and she said she told like her friends and family and publisher and everything like if you see something mean don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, I really need to do that. I think that most of my friends know by now, but you know, there's one or two who mean well and, you know, that's yeah. just that's yeah. just something that I'm going to have to I'm going to have to tell people over and over again leading up. And this might be the time for me to do that, you know? And there's also a difference, you know, there's there's definitely like if somebody has something critical to say to me, I think that one of like one of the good things about me and friends have backed me up on this uh is that I try to weigh all sides and I try to hear things so if somebody says something to me like hey Mara you just said something kind of you know messed up or or actually Mara I think you're wrong I'll think oh okay am mm-hmm. I yeah I guess I am you know and I try to do that because I I definitely believe in like constant you know self improvement making yourself a a good person to be around but I think that there's a major difference between, you know, constructive criticism and just kind of knee-jerk snark, mm. you know? Totally. The thing I struggle with is when someone is telling me I'm wrong, and I am wrong, I've realized I'm yeah. wrong, but it's like the tone in which they tell me. I'm like, well, totally. I, don't, like, I don't like you now because you're being mean, but you're right. And it's like, yeah, I find yeah, that that's, hard. That's really hard. That's really hard. And you have to, you have to kind of, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like sifting through something. You have to take those things out and you have to look at it objectively and be like, huh, all right, well, well, let's get rid of this part and keep this part. Yeah. Another thing too is like, if people criticize you, you can also just like laugh about it with your friends, you know? Like I read a review <laughs> of one of my plays to my brother and, uh, and we were talking and somebody in it was like, it really could have used a twist. <laughs> and my brother was like, my brother was like, you're not M. Night Shyamalan. Like, this isn't, you know, that wasn't necessary. And so we just laughed about it. I had a, I had a favorite teacher in, uh, in college who said that uh, she, uh, her name was Marlene Pennison, and she said that she had a, a teacher or a mentor tell her once, like, she got a bad review, and he came over and said, like, okay, we're going to drink this, we're going to drink, and then we're going to read this again, and then we're going to drink Amazing. and read this again, and drink and read this again. It's like um, Jimmy Kimmel, is it Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon? Uh, One of them, when they read out the mean tweets, and it is, it is great. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I've done that, I do that a lot already, but, you know, and you have to be private about it too, you yeah. know. But you get, you get so much love. Also, I realise Jezebel's 
has just written something amazing about you. That is never happens. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> that was actually a friend of mine. You know, full disclosure. Um, that was a that was a, a friend of mine who who wrote that. She was like, "Hey, I've been thinking about writing something about your book for Jezebel," and I was like, uh, "Okay, yeah." And and she was like, "Do you have any statements?" And I was like. You know, I don't think I'm quite in the publicity mindset yet. Like, I love doing interviews and I love doing these things, but unprompted, it was mm-hmm. kind of hard for me to, to like, on the spot, like, uh, this, you know. Yeah. Like, if she'd said to me, why should people read your book, I would have said something, but... Yeah. But unprompted, I was a little bit nervous. I can't wait to read your book. I mean, Thank you. I pre-ordered it. I, I don't know what to expect, but I love that. Uh, it's interesting that um, I feel like with your FAQ, it's like... I think you should be respected as the writer that you are now and like the creative Thank that you are now. And my friend saw you at the jukebox. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And like you're, you're, you're doing such amazing stuff. So it's almost like, you know, to bring up like your past successes is almost yeah. like, you know, you don't, you don't want to ask that when you're doing stuff now. That's cool. But then I noticed that you do have an old photo on the cover. Yeah. You know, I think in the past few years I've, I've, come to reclaim it in a way there was very much a difference of there was very much a a feeling of like I want to distance myself from this you know I want to distance myself from my past I want to change it for I'd say for like until my mid-20s I was Mm -hmm. very embarrassed I wanted to push away people would bring up my movies like friends would bring up my movies and they'd immediately apologize and I would have to say like no it wasn't traumatic it's just not all of who I am and I felt very much like I needed to prove myself and I also told myself over and over again that I didn't want to be famous. I didn't want to be recognized. But the thing is, I do. I do want some recognition. I do mm-hmm. like having a fan base. I think I just didn't want it on the level of, of fan stardom. You know, I wouldn't want to be, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence or somebody. Like, let, let them be them. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I could be anyway. I don't have those perfect cheekbones. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's like there was this sort of reclamation, I think, where I realized recently, especially especially with Matilda, what Matilda means to people is incredible. And I've, I've looked at it again by looking at what Matilda meant to me mm-hmm. as a book. And it, it was something, it was a book that was passed in our family, you know, just given from one person to another. And it was something that was this like family affair and something that I had this like intimate relationship with way before I was in the movie. And something that I still do have a, a connection to. Yeah. I found my old copy the other day. And I found emotional. I think it was my first ever like book, like birthday present. Yeah. It's very much, it's, it's very much something that, that means something. It, it, it means something to me. And I've, I've had some experiences the past few years where like, I, I would get embarrassed when people recognized me because I felt like, oh, well, I'm not really that person anymore. And they, they like Matilda more than they like me. And it's kind of like when you meet like your, your parents' friends and they say, oh, I remember when you were so little and you feel like they're just making you smaller, you know, they're taking away, they're taking away who you are, you know, and, and it, it felt like that. And everybody was doing that to me. And I still get messages saying, you'll always be Matilda to me, which is, (laughs) It's a little you know, bit creepy. <laughs> it is it is a little bit creepy. I it, think some people like don't want to believe that you have grown up. Yeah, which I don't understand because I always wanted to grow up. You know? I I and I think it's because I was around a lot of adults. And because I was around a lot of a lot of adults, I I saw, you know, their and I had three older brothers uh, who I adored. And so I saw the privileges and the rights that they had and I thought, "Oh, that's awesome. I want that." 
You know, I mm-hmm. want I want these things for myself. And I didn't obviously I didn't care about, you know, drugs or alcohol or sex or gambling or any of those like illicit, you know, <laughs> things. Those those were things I had no interest in. And I thought they were disgusting. And I thought adults were disgusting for doing. Them. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to be able to stay up late when I wanted to. I wanted to be able to eat what I wanted to, to dress the way I wanted to. I wanted to be able to talk to adults like a normal person. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I always, I loved is when adults actually talked to me. It was when I felt worthwhile and valued. That was something that I really liked. And it was rare on film sets. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I always wanted. And there was a time in my life that I was really sad and I was going through a lot. And I just kept thinking, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to grow out of this. So it's odd to me now when people are nostalgic because I would not want to go back to being a kid. I really, really wouldn't. I, I think that, like, relatively speaking, my 20s have been smooth sailing, you know, compared to my adolescence and, my, and a lot of my childhood. You know, it wasn't bad, but it was often tumultuous. Mm. And I feel honored to, to have these. And, yes, it's been a slog. And I know that one of the reasons that I'm, I'm doing okay now is because I – I mean, I, I know adult life can be a slog, and I know that one of the reasons that I'm doing all right is because I have this cushion. You know, I have, I have the money I made from when I was a kid. I'm not a millionaire, but it does make things easier to have that. So I tell people that I sold out in advance. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I did that, and I understand that I have that, but for me, you know, nostalgia, I understand nostalgia, but... But it's it's not something that I heavily partake in, I don't think. That's so interesting, like how people want to think of you versus like who you actually are. It's like if people don't want you to grow up, it's like they can just watch the DVD over and over and over again. (laughs) Well, I think that they they do. People do appreciate that I had things in common with Matilda. Like I did love to read and I do like to. I do have my like, you know, activist streak and I do, you know, speak out against things and and people appreciate that. I mean, obviously I'm nowhere near as smart as she is, but I I can hold a conversation and I can read a book, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> And you seem seem like you are wise beyond your years in, in real life. Thank you. I I try. Uh <laughs> I I always felt like I was, you know, born 40 years old. Mm. It's funny cuz um I did watch a few of like the interviews with you when you're really small and you're like yes. a little mini adult like <laughs> it's really Amazing. funny I see that a lot like in my I have a I have a little nephew now who I adore and uh, of course he's seen Matilda but like the things he says sometimes he just uses these big words and all the, the grown-ups around them are like he talks like a little old man <laughs> and so the two of us have this bond because yeah. you know he knew the word hyperbole when he was two you know, and and it's just it's just like yeah, you get me. You were you were that kind of kid, picked yeah. up on everything. I love that because the tagline on the front of your book is "True Stories of Girlhood and Accidental Fame." Yeah. Did you go into it not thinking that you would be famous? No, never. That's because that's mad for like someone who's watched Matilda. It's like, well, obviously Matilda's going to be huge, but it was bigger than probably everyone thought. Is that true? Matilda was actually not that big of a success when it first came out. And I didn't really know at the time. I was, my mother had died a few months before I, uh, Matilda came out. And I, I didn't really, I didn't really know. I, I wasn't really paying attention to anything. I was kind of lost in my own world. Uh, but 
it was a big enough hit that people like called me Matilda and talked to me about Matilda for years afterwards. But I didn't realize until until just a few years ago that it wasn't a big success in theaters uh, because it had this cult following. Like immediately when it went to to you know VHS and DVD, everybody had a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And I hear like at least once a week that it was somebody's favorite movie growing up, or that it was you know, someone's little sister's favorite movie Mm -hmm. or that someone's child, like my therapist has told me that her daughters love it. Uh, (laughs) And I had somebody tell me once, uh, this, this guy I met uh, said, uh, oh my God, your, your movies are the reason my mom knew I was gay. Oh my God. Wow. And I don't quite understand how that works, but I guess maybe he, he like really identified with Matilda more. And that's like, I was just like, okay, well, whatever, you know, whatever makes, you know, sense to you. Yeah, uh, and the Instagram so, yeah. memes of like I love to read like the little yeah, and also the Bruce Bogtrotter like yeah. any Christmas it's like I just see that everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, and and one of my friends is like, Mara, you're always on Tumblr. That oh yes, I love to read. Yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, but yeah, I had no idea that I was going to be famous. I mean, I grew up in, I I grew up in Southern California, uh, in in. Uh, a small city in the LA area and it was sort of commonplace for people to be acting and to be auditioning for things. There were a lot of child actors where I lived in my school. There were a bunch who would come out for, you know, pilot season mm-hmm. and would, would, uh, you know, they'd flown out from another part of the country because someone said like your child is potential. And then they would be in like a McDonald's commercial and a sitcom and then maybe go home. Or they would come out there and they would hit it big and, you know, have their own Nickelodeon show, which also happens a lot. But having a kid be in movies and be in, be in commercials and, like, do extra work, that was a common thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And my, my family, I'm not sure how we did this. I think maybe my grandfather worked in PR. Uh, we were in a toothpaste commercial. Uh, and I didn't know that I was in this until I was, you know, in my 20s. Uh, but they were they were in a toothpaste commercial, and it's really funny because I watched the video, and on it there are two families, and one is this like perfect blonde Southern California family who like plays guitar and sings together, <laughs> and then the other commercial is opens with my mom yelling at one of my brothers for hitting my other brother and saying that someday she feels like a drill sergeant with all these kids, and I was <laughs> like, oh God, we're that family, you know, we're we're yes, we're this one, so. We did that, and then afterwards, my oldest brother Danny started doing a little bit of acting too, because he was, he was, you know, this this uh, you know this this cute, talkative little kid, and he had a few roles in movies uh, and a few like you know independent movies and things, and he did a lot of commercials, and then eventually just kind of burned out. Was like, nah, I'm, I'm not into that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw what he was doing, and I wanted to do it, and. Because it was like a part of our culture there, my parents said yes. And you know, it's funny because like, I mean, I've explained it to people by saying like, there are places in, in the United States where children are participate in beauty pageants. Mm-hmm. You know, children in Canada play hockey. Children in the UK play rugby, probably. Uh, do they? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think they do. Are, yeah. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. are like potentially harmful sports, you know, kids in yeah. some part of America play American football and that that can lead to concussions, you know, that can lead to lifelong injuries. And, and that's kind of what it was like in, in Southern California Mm -hmm. is it's just sort of like, oh yeah, you act. Okay, whatever. 
or so-and-so's mom acts and whatever. I mean, like... That's so funny because over here, like, if someone was in a commercial, like where I was from in England, you'd be like, oh my God, she's in a commercial. But I love that it's like, it was sort of normal. Yeah, it was, it was not a big deal. It was still kind of like, kind of like, oh, you know. And I remember like some of the more popular kids at school, we would talk about like, he's so cute. Did you know he was on seventh heaven, you know? (laughs) And, and, or there would be a lot of, a lot of things. And I definitely heard this once too, is like, you think you're so cool just because you were in that commercial. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of that, a lot of that back and forth. You could also be in commercials and like be a big nerd, which is totally what I was. People were always like, you're the one who's in movies, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're so nerdy. Uh, they were going for the natural look at the time, I guess. So like I was never I was never one of the prettiest girls in school. I was never one of the most popular girls in school. Uh, I had friends who who were and uh, friends who acted and and were, but very few of them got as big as I did. So do you think yeah. I mean, I love that you do speak about this whole like Hollywood needing women to be like really cute and really perfect and really like look all the same. Yeah. I mean, I my role models are not like perfect supermodels. Like I, I'm more inspired by real people. Yeah, doing real stuff. Do you think like the film industry is still just so backwards when it comes to like who they cast? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this today with you know Scarlett Johansson being cast in Ghost in the Shell, which is a part for you know the the character is a Japanese woman. And you would think, yeah. I mean, Scarlett Johansson has always seemed, you know, smart and thoughtful. You would think that she would turn that down. But I mean, I, I guess I can understand that that's a that that's an important part. But that's such a strange, that's such yeah. a strange thing to do. And yeah, I mean, I definitely felt shut out because of the way that I look. And I mean, I don't think I'm hideous or anything. But there was definitely a moment in my life where I realized, okay, well, unless I get significant cosmetic surgery and work out for hours every single day. Which, like, I mean, I like exercise now, but not that much, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I have a life outside of it, and I also like to bake. Uh, so, yeah, don't get me started on the Great British Bake Off. I love it. Um, but there's, uh, but there's, you know, I, I could do that. I could change who I was, and I could be glamorous, which is, like, I mean, I'm, that's just not the kind of person that I am. I like dressing up once in a while, but I have no eye for fashion I have a hard time doing my hair. I've just learned how to do my makeup and how to put together clothes. My roommate, Jessie, used to work in uh, – my former roommate with Jessie, um, she, uh, she moved out and married a Brit, actually. Married a man from Brighton. Um, oh, lovely Brighton. <laughs> lovely Brighton. Yeah, yeah. But my friend Jessie was in uh, the fashion – she worked in the fashion industry for a while. Uh, and she helped me out a lot with, like, what looked good and where to go mm-hmm. and where there were good sales and – and that was really helpful because, I mean, I was raised by a single father, you know? I didn't have the eye for these things. So I, I knew, I think, that I, I wasn't really cut out for that life, you know? Like, I had friends and acquaintances. Like, I knew Hilary Duff. And she was this really cute, bubbly girl. She was always very pretty. She always knew how to dress. And she, she didn't, you know, she didn't seem to... She was very helpful with, like, charity and things, but she wasn't super political. She was, you know... And, and she kept things to herself and she, you know, she had, she did really well. And I remember thinking like, I, I like Hillary, but we're not the same person, you know, we're, we're very, very different. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a sort of, you know, Amy Poehler is that good for her, not for me kind of thing. So 
I think that there was, I think that there was definitely, and here's another cat. <laughs> um, but I wish, I wish there were more roles because like I, there yeah. are plenty of people who would love to see someone who's not that into fashion or beauty or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, just in a really cool role. Well, that's something that I think, I think there's going to be more of, and I'm seeing more, more women writers. My friend Rachel Bloom wrote the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, I love that. That's some, it's such yeah. a great show. I'm yeah, we were how many awards it's got as well. It's awesome. It's, she's, it's such a good show. And she's, yeah, she's, Rachel went to New York University with me. And even then we were like, this girl's going to be huge. She's so smart. She's so funny. Mm. She's a great singer. She's, she was always just like, like, we were all kind of in awe of her there. But she's somebody, I think, who's creating these things. And watching her show, you kind of forget that, say, there are very few shows where there is an Asian man who is the love interest, which is so bizarre to me because, you know, this is, that's, that's, you know, both Rachel and I grew up in Southern California and we had crushes on, on guys, you know, of like, of, you know, Chinese and, uh, and Japanese and Filipino descent. My whole step family is actually Filipino. So I, I know a good deal about that. And there are very few Filipino actors out there. So seeing a Filipino actor and, you know, one who's like really handsome and cute yeah. in this in this role was amazing. And I think that it's important if you have that kind of status, and I know like Lena Dunham got criticized a lot for this, to try to bring other people in, mm-hmm. you know, to try to, to lend a hand to other people. Uh, and I think that that's something that's, that's really important. You know, you can, you can write stuff for yourself. I think writing stuff for yourself and for like the kind of people that you work with is important, but writing stuff for other people as well is really good. I think that, uh, That's so true. Well, I also think that the assumption was for a long time that people only wanted to see people only wanted to see like the most beautiful people mm-hmm. on, on screen. And I don't think that that's true. I mean, okay. I do think that there's definitely, uh, I mean, there's obviously a place for things like Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars that are all about, you know, beautiful people, beautiful white people with problems. I just finished watching um, uh, My Mad Fat Diary, and that's... That oh, was I need re- to watch that, yeah. Was, I feel like you do that with other people, like you share... Well, you give other people a bit of a platform in that way. I really try to, you know. I mean, I, I had this realization um, a few months ago where I was like... I make stuff and the stuff I make is, I think is pretty good, but I know a lot of people who make stuff that I think is really great. And I really feel like it's important to draw attention to them. And so then I thought, oh my God, does that mean that I'm destined to become a producer? <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, not something, I mean, I've, I've worked with some wonderful producers and I've worked with some who were a little less wonderful. And I, I, you know, I, I, th- I thought about that and I was like, well, maybe this is, you know, maybe I, I have this platform And so I feel like it's my responsibility to draw attention to people that I think are amazing and to befriend them and to promote them. That's something that I think, you know, and, and it's probably because, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm Jewish and Catholic. So guilt like runs deep in me. (laughs) Like I feel guilty sometimes. I feel very much the sense of imposter syndrome. Like why, why is this me? Why do I have this like army of mostly young women you know, after me and uh, following and listening to the things that I say and being really, really nice to me. I do I really deserve this? Well, I need to make sure that I continue, you know, deserving this and I continue to amplify them. I had somebody tell me the other day that uh, they did a, a like a fundraiser for a new wheelchair that they needed and that uh, I retweeted that and that got them the funding that they needed. 
which was so nice because I, you know, and I can't help everybody. I do get a lot of people asking for to support their campaign or their charity. And, and I can't always do that. You know, there are some that I just don't see. And there's some that I just don't have the time to get involved with. And I feel terrible about it. But every now and then I, I can, you know, make a difference. I think it's amazing because it's like without realizing you're collaborating as well with so many people. So it's like it's not yeah. even that you're just giving them a platform and that's that. It's like you could work with them later down the line or they could work with you. Um, and you're like you're just building so many connections. It's awesome. I think a lot of people kind of want to just like shut other people out and just be like me, yeah. me, me. I mean, I, I can be very competitive, but I don't feel right now like there's really anything to be competitive about. It's not, this is not, you know, pub trivia night. Uh, it's not where I get really competitive. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but there's, you know, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's much more, it's much more collaborative and, and cooperative. And, and I feel like I feel less, I feel less competitive now that I'm not an actor so much anymore. Because the acting process is very much, you have to beat someone. You have to mm. look at the other girls in the room and say, I'm better than them. Yeah, can I imagine? And I never could do that, you know? I was, I was insecure. And that's why I think, you know, it's been said that that's why so many actors are so superstitious and they talk about being grateful and blessed a lot. And they talk about, a lot of actors I know have this belief that they are, you know, and it's not a narcissistic thing, but they just kind of have this belief that they are special and they need to keep it. And it's what keeps them afloat. You know, it's what keeps mm. them going. It's probably like and, years of pep talks before they, totally, they've gone in. Totally. And that's not, and that's another reason why I'm not an actor because I'm really bad at lying to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very much, you know, it, it's funny. People ask me why I'm acting and I have to say like, you know, if you look at the, the, the traits that define me, none of them describe an actor. You know, I'm, I'm way, I, I overanalyze. I'm very analytical. I'm not very in my body. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at making decisions. You know, I'm not good at being glamorous. Like these are all, you know, these are all things, you know, I'm, I'm not good at showing my emotions in front of people. I'm not good at embarrassing myself in front of other people. Like, well, I guess I do show my emotions for other people. I can be pretty open about that, but like, these are all things, you know, that I'm, I'm like, yeah, those, those are all things that you need to be an actor. And those are none of the things that I am. I mean, they mm. were when I was a child, but you know, you change. Yeah, absolutely. So are you really excited about the book coming out? Would, would you define yourself now as primarily a writer? I would. I still do voiceover acting. I've always loved voiceover acting because it's very, uh, there was some, some voice actor, I think maybe Billy West or Tom Kenny or somebody who did, uh, they did like Futurama and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, things like that. And I, I heard them say once that voiceover is a theater of the mind. Mm. You have a lovely voice. I'm Thank feeling you so very, much. I'm feeling very soothed. You know, <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. My my friends are always saying that I have a very soothing voice, and some of them say I have a, I have a sexy voice. Uh, I had a boyfriend once, not sure if he'd gotten my voicemail or not. Like the first time he called me, because he. Uh, wasn't sure if it was me or like the the company's recording <laughs> and so I've tried That's to go so for that funny. with every voicemail what yeah and my nephew's always asking me to read to him like it's it's all it's it's something that I actually kind of take pride in that's why I love I love podcasts for that reason because yeah like as you can tell I'm not wearing makeup I'm wearing a really old black jumper <laughs> like yeah you know I don't care honestly about how I look half the time and it's yeah. you know that's why twitter and podcasts are great and writing yeah it is. It's it's really nice, and that is a bigger deal than people think it is. And so I, I I love voiceover also because 
it's just you going into a booth or you with a microphone and you have to imagine this world in your head. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool to me. And also, it's not like on a film set or even on a stage where there are people watching you while you rehearse, you know? I always seem to get it together when it's I'm actually performing, but the rehearsing and the messing up in front of other people is something I've always had trouble with. So here, it's just you and, like, whoever else is there. With with that, do you, if you, like, um, make a small mistake or something, do you just, you just carry on and they edit it out? You go back to the beginning of the line and you say right. it again. You know, but you don't need to adjust yourself. You don't need to do, you just, you just go, sorry, you know, or you just go back. Right. You know, it's sort of like that. That's something I've always, I always, I was really auditory. Even as a child, I was good at like replicating things that were said because I could hear them and hear the rhythm in it. Mm. And so if you listen to it, you can hear, you can hear like, this is a rhythm that people are talking in. It's very much about like listening to that rhythm of it. Isn't it so interesting? There's a TED talk, I think, on on speaking and how like if you want someone's attention, you have to speak really slow. Yeah. Um, and like how to like be really boring, you know, really monotonous and like just, yeah, it's interesting that. Yeah, totally. And what fascinates me also is uh, is in different languages, like in, in uh, I know in like Spanish, every syllable is given the same weight. Whereas in like English and, and German and uh, I think I think like Russian and Slavic languages too, they it's very much you put the emphasis on whatever word you want to emphasize. But you know, in Spanish, you just kind of keep it at the same <laughs> yes. pace, you know, and there'll be accents and things kind of, you know, and it's really interesting. And that's why like, it's, it's really fast and rhythmic. It's, it's, uh, I love languages. I I'm trying to learn Russian on Duolingo right now, and it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, go in with a hard one. Yeah, that's like. Well, it's it's actually it's 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 been easier than Spanish so far, which is funny. But or, or well, no, it wasn't easier than Spanish. It was easier than French because at least in Russian, I can you just learn how to pronounce things. And in 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 you know in in like in French, I tried to learn French, and I was like, you don't pronounce half of these letters. I don't know how to do this. Yes. Oh my god, it's so true. It's, yeah. Oh, I I mean, I've I've given up on any of that. I mean, I should, yeah. You know, we all should. I mean, I went to Spain like last week, and I try. I like I know how to order a beer in like fifty languages. <laughs> that's all yeah. I, that's all I need to know. That's just like like yeah. And now I know how to say like "gidya loshid" in in Russian. It's like where is the horse? <laughs> <It's really amazing. laughs> you'll, you'll need to say that. That will come in handy. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or like, uh, Tom, Tim Tam, which means Tom is Tim here. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love that. So thank you so much. I know you're really busy and, you know, in demand. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. This has been, this has been so much fun. This was, so this fun. was definitely something I wanted to do. So this has been a lot of fun. Okay. I really appreciate it and um, I honestly am so excited to read your book congratulations thank you so much if you like this episode please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes also um, tweet me thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week bye